Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast yet again. We always appreciate your time on the program as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Somebody's calling him right now. (laughs) Mike, how you doing this week, man? I'm doing great, Mark. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. You're a busy guy. I'm trying to get you on the podcast. They're trying to get you on the phone. All these things going on. How's, How's life been treating you in the last week or two? It's football season, so that's the favorite part of the year for me. Yeah, officially, at the time of this podcast, I believe it is tonight, isn't it? I think tonight is kickoff, I think, uh, for the NFL. It is, yeah, Bears-Packers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is Bears-Packers, yeah. So, well, uh, I'm down here with the hurricane, so we're having, you know, some interesting fun with that. We'll see how that progresses at the time of this podcast anyway. But let's let's get into our show. We'll talk a little bit about football and hurricanes, I'm sure, through uh, the next session here. But let's let it rip for now. I got a headline for you I want to talk about. Uh, A lot of discussion, again, about the interest rates and what the Fed should do. There's talk about, we were hearing the president say they should cut it again, and so on and so forth. Uh, How do these discussions affect the individual investor? Yeah, so the consensus is, you know, if you go back to even when there's a little market turmoil at the end of 2018, it's because the Fed was raising interest rates and there were concerns about, you know, how that's going to impact the economy. Could the economy absorb that? And then here in 2019, as of the taping here in early September, you know, we just had a rate cut at the end of July by about a quarter point, mm-hmm. and it's 100%, the industry saying it's 100% that there'll be another rate cut by the end of this month in September and potentially another rate cut in December. So how that impacts the individual investors really kind of in three different ways. One is rates are coming back down. You know, so they only got back up to about two and a half percent, halfway where they normally are. So now they're rolling down. So that's going to impact individual investors by one. You're no longer going to start getting a reasonable rate of return on your savings. So money market rates started creeping up. So finally, you're getting more than zero on your savings. So it was worth keeping some money in the bank. Now those are going to go back below two, below one, you know, and potentially zero over the next uh, year. Second thing is you know, anytime you look at all of your different type of investment options, you look at what's my risk-free rate. And what this has done, and we've seen it over the past decade, and it's a little concerning as far as what's on the other side from a market perspective, is that when risk-free rates, so your savings rates, you know, your government bond rates are down to, you know, zero, one, two percent, what happens is it pushes people out into more aggressive assets, namely the stock market in many cases, or, you know, in lesser credit quality items and bonds and things that they're trying to just increase the yield, increase their return, because they know safely they can't get a competitive interest rate on their savings anymore sitting at the bank or somewhere. So what happens is now people start taking more risk than what they should, just because there's no return with interest rates going down, you know, and and that becomes a huge thing. More so why is the real question. If you think about why is the Fed cutting interest rates? Why are interest rates coming down? You know, we could read the headlines and be like, hey, it's a great economy. The, you know, Chairman Powell of the Fed says everything's going fine. Right. And Trump says it's the greatest economy, you know, with a, we've ever seen ever in the universe, you know, ever. <laughs> right. You know, and, but at the same time, would the Fed actually be cutting interest rates if they weren't concerned about what's coming down the pipeline? Right. You know, so more, more than what's on our savings, my concern on the financial planning side of it is a little bit less about the rate of return you're getting on your personal savings and more about, I'm afraid it's continuing to push people as rates come down into taking more risk at exactly the wrong time. 
No, I think that's a really good thought. And a lot of times we do kind of see the short term of that and we don't think about the long term. And there's conversations that were some of that's being done because of the devaluation of the Chinese thing and their currency and the trade and so on and so forth. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But certainly some good things to think about as we continue to watch what goes on with the Fed rate. Well, let's go ahead and turn our attention to our main topic this week on the program, Mike. I want to talk about the final decade for pre-retirees as they, you know, get ready to, you know, retire. Final decade of work. They're, they're coming in that last 10-year stretch. You mentioned football earlier. So we're basically, uh, we're in the red zone, right? We're 20 yards or, or less in at this point. So let's talk about that last 10-year period. I would imagine that you want to sit down and really decide what's important. So what's some things to think about when we're thinking about what's most important? Yeah, the key thing, you're 100% correct, you know, and I use a lot of sports analogies and doctor's analogies with clients, and one of those is the red zone. The red zone is usually, you know, in football, it's that last 20 yards before a team gets into the end zone. So it's critical, you know, otherwise, because if they fumble the ball in there, if they mess it up, then, you know, they're not going to score, which means a good chance they might not win. In retirement planning, the red zone is really that last five to 10 years before you retire, and then the five to 10 years after you retire, because that's when mistakes are more costlier at that time. So it's important that you make those right decisions during that critical time. So, you know, that's where you say, have I saved enough? How am I going to get income off of my investments in in the future? Am I taking too much risk or not enough risk? Because one of the things that happen is a lot of times individuals will say, oh, I'm a little behind the eight ball or I think that I am. And they start taking a little bit more risk. But what happens is they're taking risk at the wrong time. Kind of going back to you know our headline about, about what's going on with interest rates is that individuals say, oh, I'm behind, so I need to catch up. But the reality is that if you take more risk, the problem with that is that it might fall off the table, the balances. And now here, you know, you thought you were behind and you're behind 40, 50 percent more. Now, those are some good things to think about, because and if you're thinking about that red zone analogy, you're talking about mistakes are more costly. Look no further than just a couple Super Bowls ago when Seattle gets themselves down into the one yard line and basically has the chance to win that game and chooses to get tricky. Right. Everybody in the world knew they should have given the ball to their running back, best running back in the game at the time, and just power it in. They chose to get a little crafty, maybe take a little uh, risk. And what happened? Cost them the game. Right. Got an interception. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, so absolutely, you're not putting. You don't want to put yourself in that position where you uh, that final decade where you're maybe taking too many chances, and that's why you want to know your numbers. I think that's a good place to kind of transition into. You know, looking in that financial mirror, if you will. It's not always fun, but there's some places where you want to start looking at the actual numbers that you've got coming up ahead. No, absolutely. And, and, and a way to kind of tie that in is, you know, so many people that come into our office as prospective clients, you know, whether it's our tax practice or through workshops or referrals, they come in and we have that discovery meeting at the beginning. And it's just really about, hey, where are you at? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, what's your story so far? How'd you get where you are? And, you know, what do you want it to be down the road? And that whole conversation is really about, okay, I've got this hodgepodge bag of stuff. You know, I've got my 401k at work. Some insurance agent sold me this annuity. I've got an old 401k from two jobs ago. And oh, I threw some money in an IRA five years ago and we got a little bit of savings. So it's this kind of bouillabaisse of <laughs> financial products, but none of it's actually working together. They've never actually sat down and kind of put a plan together to say, okay, you know, I've got all this stuff, but what does that actually mean? Is that going to allow me to retire when I want to? Is that going to generate the income that I need in retirement? Instead, they just say, I hope it all works out. You know, hope the market goes up, fingers crossed. But that's not having a plan. All of your investments, all of your accounts and that should be structured around having some sort of retirement income plan that you can point to that says, oh, 
okay, yes, market up, down, interest rates up or down. I'm heading in the right direction. Okay, so you mentioned a lot of those uh, places to know the numbers. So let's talk about the income streams because that's really what it's about, Michael, isn't it? It's really about, you know, we get wrapped up in this, how much did we save versus how much can we generate in income? No, I agree. And I start off with clients, you know, everything that we talk about, because we focus more on the distribution phase, you know, which is how do we get income off our investments and our savings over time? It's not about trying to hit a home run and get 20% returns. That's great if we could get them. A lot of our clients don't want to take that kind of risk when they're in that red zone, you know, five or 10 years before and after retirement. So, what you know, our mantra is income is the outcome. You know, monthly bills need monthly income. So it's great that we got these different varied piles of money in that, but how do we generate an income stream that we can't outlive? So, you know, what we do is we start out with, all right, you know, what are our guaranteed income sources? So we take a look at, you know, social security. When do we claim it? You know, do we take it early? Do we do we wait? Well, everybody's situation's unique. We got a pension. Well, when are we going to turn on the income stream if we're fortunate enough to have a pension? You know, did, did we pick up an annuity or should we that's going to give you a lifetime guaranteed income supplemental stream? And then we say, okay, of those three sources, is that enough? And if it's not, then we got to kind of look over on the side and say, okay, are we going to still have to continue to work? full-time or part-time, you know, have a hybrid retirement, if you will, maybe you're working part-time just to help out with a little walking around money. Or when we take a look at your 401k and your IRAs and your savings, how do we leverage them so that they can generate sustainable, predictable income for you as well? Because at the end of the day, when you're in that red zone, when you're getting close or you're in retirement, it's no longer about what's the market doing on a daily basis. Your focus is are my investments positioned where they can't fall off the table, you know, where now I got to go back to work at 70, 75, or 80, and do I get regular income off of here that's going to help me pay my bills for the rest of my life? Because a retirement is typically going to be 30, 35 years for a couple. So if that's the case, you have to stop investing like a 30-year-old and actually focus on generating sustainable, predictable income. So you need to know your numbers on that end. Well, and and that's a lot. You guys do all of these pieces too, because, you know, as we say here on the the podcast, you know, you guys are kind of that one-stop shop. You know, you do have the CPA, uh, the enrolled agent, the paralegal on staff. You have all these pieces to kind of go through some of the stuff we've talked about today. And, and when it comes to financial matters, retirement matters, which is why we call the show that, <laughs> there's a lot of these ways that you can get this information at one source. So we'll keep on with our conversation about the last decade. We've talked about estimating the income streams, going through the various vehicles that you might have, the 401s, the annuity, so on and so forth. We got to mention, now you got to talk about really getting a serious handle on this healthcare issue because it is outpacing inflation quite a bit. And so you just can't put your head in the sand with that. No, absolutely. With healthcare, there's a variety of considerations that you have. So first and foremost, Fidelity just came out with a study, and I've seen two different ones. One, the other, the second one even from Vanguard has a higher number. But okay. being on the conservative end, Fidelity says that your out-of-pocket costs for healthcare in retirement, so this is for a 65-year-old couple, you know, so you going forward is going to be about $275,000. So that's independent of Medicare, that's independent of everything else, but your out-of-pocket expenses over wow. that are going to be over two hundred. Seventy-five thousand. Now, some more, some less, but you know, but I mean, that's that's, that's a still, big chunk still of a lot. Yeah, it's a big number. Yeah. So, so the things that you need to understand about healthcare is okay. Let's say that you're not retiring till sixty-five or later. Then, okay, you know, then you're going to replace your current health insurance with Medicare. What's the cost? You know, for most, that might be one hundred thirty-five, hundred forty-five a month plus whatever supplement that they need. So that could easily go up to three hundred, three fifty per person. You know, so up to seven hundred bucks for spouses. If you're fortunate enough to have a high income in retirement, 
you know, from pensions and your investments and other sources, then there's a Medicare surcharge where they actually, you have to pay more. Some people are paying over $200, $300 a month for Medicare because their income is at a very high level. So it's kind of graduated in. So you want to know what those true costs are going to be for you. Just as importantly, you also want to make sure that if you're retiring before 65, and this is kind of a, oh, I never thought about that conversation. When somebody who's 58, 60, 62 comes in my office saying, you know, we're looking to retire in the next couple of years, is how are we going to bridge healthcare costs? So for a married couple right now, a typical, you know, assuming you can't get a subsidy from the government, it might cost you almost $2,000 a month for your family health insurance. So that's $24,000 a year out of pocket, out of your retirement income stream until you can get to 65 and get covered by Medicare. So where's that money going to come from? You know, that just kind of goes back to the income side about having a plan. And the last thing is on health care. Another thing that comes up is we check the box on all the important, you know, true financial holistic planning is, OK, are we concerned about long term care? You know, most studies show that a married couple at 65 has about a 75% chance that one of them is going to need some sort of long-term care. How are we going to pay for that? You know, are we going to get a policy? Are we going to get a hybrid policy? Are we going to just roll the dice? You know, there's no wrong answer. I mean, eventually there'll be a wrong answer, but there's no wrong answer, <laughs> but it's something we have to have a conversation about. Yeah, yeah. Well, the final piece of this puzzle, now we've gone through all these kind of different scenarios to think about. You need, you need to decide what's important in that last 10 years before retiring. Know those numbers, have those estimates on your income streams, get a handle on the healthcare situation. And then finally realize, Mike, that this is going to evolve. It needs to evolve just like your life is going to through retirement because things will change over time. It's not a set it and forget it. That's right. There's no Ron Popeil retirement, right? So you know, <laughs> you're just going to set it and forget it. Once again, I can only go back to how we do it in our practice. So what we do is, you know, we take a look at, you know, when we're having the investment portion and the guaranteed income portion of the conversation, we said, okay, how much of our money, our investable dollars, do we need to set aside to guarantee the income or assure that, you know, we've got sustainable, predictable income that's going to pay whatever those bills are we have today coming in. So let's say social security between husband and wife is going to pay $40,000 a year, but they need 60. Then we say, okay, well, how are we bridging that $20,000 gap? So then we go over the investments and say, okay, if we put X amount of dollars over here in this income strategy, that'll cover our $20,000. Well, we still have a few extra dollars sitting on the side. Well, those dollars we might be able to position for growth you know, whether it's market-based or something else, uh, you know, that's independent of the, this conversation. But what's important about that is now all of a sudden we've secured our income for the next three to five plus years by setting aside the dollars specifically earmarked to generate the income we know we need over the next three to five years. But to your point about how things change is we also have a very keen understanding that over the next five to 10 years, and especially over the next 20 or 30, things are going to get a little bit more expensive with cost of living and inflation. So we have to be positioned with those other assets that we're not using for current income to make sure that we can tap into them later at a higher value so we can get a rising income that's going to last as long as you do. You know, because if you need $60,000 today, that might be 70 in 10 years just to maintain the same lifestyle. You know, so that's where having an income plan really comes in together. When we come in, we say, sure, we'll talk about the investments and the allocation and that. That's what most you know brokers and advisors want to talk about. On our side, we say, okay, how do we save money on taxes? Is our state planning in order? You know, what's our plan for long-term care or health care, you know, including Medicare? In addition to that is, okay, based on our income needs and based on all those other circumstances, now what do we do with the investments? 
You know, most kind of do it ass backwards the other way. And they say, hey, look at this brochure. Look at this mountain chart. Look at the investments. But it doesn't have anything to do with your plan. So what we need to do is build the plan because that drives the bus as far as all those decisions you make going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great information here today on the program. After two decades of experience, uh, you know, Mike has been doing this for a while now. So it's a great resource for you to tune into. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. Go to his website, crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Uh, give us a subscribe there on the podcast. That way you can listen to it in past episodes, future episodes, whether it's Apple or Google or whatever platform you choose. Uh, but if you have questions or you've heard something today that piques your interest, uh, and you want to talk more about it, make sure you always check with a qualified professional uh, like Michael Stewart. He is a registered financial consultant. He has his MBA in finance as well. So reach out to him. Give him a call at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. He's the founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. And again, share the podcast. uh, Share it on uh, Facebook or Twitter or whatever. We give you links to do all that stuff. I think there's ways for you to text it to friends. Uh, People who you feel might benefit from the show, make sure you reach out and let them know that uh, it's a good format for them to tune in to this podcast and learn a little bit about retirement matters. That's what we do here on the show. All right, let's take an email question uh, real fast, Michael, before we go this week and see what Greg sent in to you. Greg is in Barrington. And he says, Michael, my wife bought an annuity several years ago. She's 60 now and has the option of getting money from the annuity, but it would be for a third less than it would pay if we wait till she's 65. What do you see people normally do in these kinds of situations? Do they wait for the higher payout or start using the fund sooner at the lower payout? I would imagine it's all subjective, right? Oh, a- absolutely. So, Greg, you know, that, that's a great question. And, and I'm going to broaden out the actual response just so it's more applicable to everybody. But, Greg, I do appreciate the question. Is So, your wife bought an annuity, so it's probably an income annuity or an annuity. Anytime you hear the word annuity, it just means there's an insurance company involved somewhere. So, they're not good. They're not bad. They just have to be right for you, you know, if you own one. So, let's in this case say that she bought one that's going to pay an income stream, you know, so she could take it at 60, but you said she'd get a third less than if she waited till 65. What I do is I bring that back to almost like Social Security. You could get it at 66, 67 for the full amount, or you could take it at 62 for less amount. Uh, you could have a pension. You could have your pension at 55 or 60, but if you wait till 65, then you get more. You know, So the longer you wait in all these different instances for income type generating things that have a guaranteed income stream, then of course you get less if you take it more. You know, And there's math and science behind it as to why. But what's important for you is it isn't that it's a third less. It's based on everything going on in your financial life, based on the other savings accounts that you have, based on how you're currently invested, based on are you going to continue to work, both of you or one of you, what does your retirement income plan say about when you should tap into that pension, that annuity, social security, any of those things. So, you know, I'll go back to, you know, the financial topic that we had about why that final decade of work is important, about knowing your numbers, having an income plan. That's what determines so many people take a look at this in a silo and they say okay should i take my annuity payment at this age or this age or social security at this age or this age and the real answer is it depends it depends on other income sources that you have it depends on how much you saved it depends on what's your health you have a lot of longevity in your family so all of these things a true financial planner is actually going to not give you an answer based on a specific product or a specific account What they're going to do is, you know, they're going to circle the wagons on everything going on in your life and say, okay, based on this and what the plan we've devised, this is the right thing to do in this account, this account, this account. 
You know, that's the correct answer, Greg. So the first thing that I would do is, you know, not focus specifically on when she should claim the annuity, but get with either the advisor you're working with now or give us a call at the office. And then what we'll do is just say, hey, let's put a retirement income plan together. Let's walk through what you have, what you're trying to do and say, what do the numbers say? And if there's any gaps, then what do we need to do to fill those gaps? Because that's going to tell us when we need to claim, you know, these various things. Well, fantastic question, Greg. Thanks so much. Yeah, reach out to Michael if you are working with an advisor. Fantastic. If you would like a second opinion on it, give him a call at 815-526-3092. 815-526-3092. Anybody listening to our podcast, as always, as I just mentioned, reach out to Michael if you do have questions or concerns before you take any action. And uh, we'll see you next time here on the show. That's going to do it for us this week here on Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Go to crystallaketax.com and subscribe to this podcast so you can get future episodes as well as past. And we'll see you next time here on the program. Bye-bye. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.